wrestle not against flesh and blood. Victory is a goal for every battle. Get set for an empowerment to conquer in the battles of life as you listen to Encounter with the Truth. Hallelujah. We give God praise this morning for the privilege to be here to hear His word. I also want to thank God for the life of my father, for the privilege giving me to share God's word with you. Hallelujah. Today being Father's Day, we want to give God a big hand for his life. Shall we give God a big hand for the life of our father? Hallelujah. And we thank God for giving him to us as a father. Hallelujah. Throughout this month, we are looking at unveiling the wonders of prayer in on the Sunday services. And this morning, I'm doing unveiling the wonders in prayer, part 3A, in this service. Hallelujah. From scriptures, we get to understand that Prayer is the breath of the believer. Prayer is the breath of the believer. So without prayer, the believer will fall. Without prayer, the believer will fail. Without prayer, the believer will become weak and become faint. So in Luke chapter 18 verse 1, Jesus admonished us that men ought to pray and not to faint. So prayer is the breath of the believer. When prayer ceases in the life of the believer, everything around the believer begins to die. Jesus told Peter, I prayed for you that your faith will not fail. I have seen that faith is very potent. But faith becomes stronger and stronger on the altar of prayer. That is why Jude said, building yourself up in your most holy faith. By praying in the Holy Ghost. So when we pray, our faith is charged up when we pray our faith is emboldened and every believer lives according to his or her faith so on the altar of prayer you receive the boldness in your faith for you to live in the kingdom that is why prayer becomes the breath of the believer when you are not praying in your business your business begins to die when you are not praying into your academic life it begins to die in your marriage it begins to die so prayer becomes very important so everywhere jesus talked about prayer you saw that it was an issue of command that we are commanded to pray it is it is not something that when you feel like you do it but it is something that you are commanded to do because that is what sustains you as a believer hallelujah and this month we have seen that 
Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7 verse 8. He said, everyone that asketh, receiveth. So when we pray, we are supposed to receive answers. God is not a prayer storing God. He is a prayer answering God. But James said, you pray and you do not receive because you pray amiss. You don't pray the right way. You pray the wrong way. So, before a believer can experience express answers in prayers, there is a protocol that you must follow. There is the right way that you must pray. You see that throughout this month, we have talked about word preparation, heart preparation. I realize that in education, teaching, one thing that is very, very important is content. Content. When you are delivering something, you must be well grounded in the content. In prayer, it is not only about heart preparation, word preparation. The content must be solid for your prayers to be answered. So there is a certain protocol that you must follow. And this morning I want to share with you one of the protocols. That is the worship protocol. The worship protocol. Jesus, in teaching his disciples prayer, the first thing that he taught them to do anytime they are praying, for them to receive express answers, is to worship God, is to praise his name is to come before the altar of prayer with thanksgiving. So he said, Luke chapter 11, and it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he sees, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And he said unto them, When ye pray, say, Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. We have looked at the protocol that God, you must come to God as a father. The next protocol that will enable you to experience expressing answers is to come before him with thanksgiving. Hallowed be your name. Anytime we come before God in praise, in thanksgiving, in prayer, God is quick to respond to our prayers. We saw that so many times in the life of Jesus. At the tomb of Lazarus. Before God could hear his prayers. The first thing he said that Lord I thank you. So we come before God on the altar of thanksgiving. And that is what guarantees express answers in prayers lord i thank you the situation is worse but god i thank you before the prayer follows when we come before him with thanksgiving we cut his attention to step into the matter there are so many instances nehemiah in nehemiah chapter 1 verse 5 when nehemiah heard about the news in his prayer to God for God to respond to their needs 
the first thing that he said was to adore God. Nehemiah chapter 1 verse 5. And, and said, I beseech thee, O Lord God of heaven, the great and terrible God, that keepeth covenant and mercy for them that love him and observe his covenant. That is hallowing the name of God, the God of mercy, the God that hears his people. When you come before God in thanksgiving, then God is quick to hear your prayers. In Psalm 100 verse 4, he said, Enter into his gate with thanksgiving. Enter into his court with praise. So in prayer, we come before him with thanksgiving. That is why complainers never get their prayers answered. Because in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 10, every complainer, God destroys every complainer. God destroys every memory. So, whatever the situation is, when we come before God in prayer, you don't come to complain to God. You come in a form of worship. You come in a form of thanksgiving. That shows that what God has done for you before, even if God has not done anything for you, He is the reason why you are still alive. So your thanksgiving makes God steps into the situation. And that is what guarantees express in prayer. In, in, in the life of the Israelites, Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 6, verse 22, these people were attacked by enemies. And in prayer, what Jehoshaphat did was first to thank God, to lift up his name, and to exalt his name. As they were lifting up the name of the Lord, the Bible said that God set ambushment in the camp of the enemy. Hallelujah. I pray that we will all learn how to always give thanks unto God. You see, the worship protocol does not only make God hear and answer your prayers, but it also makes you to have delivery of everything that you have asked. It is one thing for you for God to hear you. It is another thing for God to answer your prayers. When I call you, you can answer. But it is one thing for me to also deliver what you are requesting for. So hearing is different from receiving. Worship protocol will make God hear you. It will also make God answer you. There are so many people God hears them. But after God has heard them in the delivering of the package, they complain and God destroys whatever he wants to bring their way so in simple terms it is like going to somebody so you see that in the way jesus taught them to pray to come before him with thanksgiving to end your prayer also with thanksgiving that is how in normal terms people do when they are coming before people great people to ask for things they start praising you they start praising you when you go before their sentence you start singing praises after you have put your request, then you add praises. Hallelujah. That is how it is supposed to be done. So, 
in Philippians chapter 4 verses 6 to 7 Paul said Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your request be made known unto God with thanksgiving a form of worship with thanksgiving let your request be made known unto God so your request gains express answers on the altar or the protocol of thanksgiving hallelujah we also saw that in the life of King Hezekiah when in 2nd Kings chapter 19 verse 15 to 20 when the prophet Isaiah came to tell him that he should get ready for God is about to strike him with death put his house in order in his prayer he started with thanksgiving he started adoring the name of the Lord before remembering what he has done for God so you start with thanksgiving hallelujah the protocol of thanksgiving is what enables us to gain access on the altar of prayer hallelujah now knowing this protocol what is the wonder in prayer the wonder in prayer when we pray God releases His glory into our lives. When we pray, God releases His glory. The altar of prayer is the altar of glorification. We saw that in the life of Jesus. That after Jesus had prayed and fasted in Luke chapter 4 verses 14 to 15 the Bible says that he returned in the power of the spirit and in the, in the verse 15 the Bible said he was glorified of all he was glorified of all the altar of prayer is the altar of glorification the altar of prayer is what puts away shame in the life of the believer the believer is supposed to live a life of glory but that glory must be stirred up and it is stirred up on the altar of prayer in Romans chapter 8 verse 30 the believer is supposed to be glorified live a life of glory verse 30 he said, Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. Whom he called, them he also justified. Whom he justified, them he also glorified. So the life of the believer is a life of glory. Apart from the fact that God has called us to be glorified, the end time believer prophetically, in Isaiah chapter 2 verses 1 to 4 it's also exalted it's supposed to live a life of glory not a life of shame again the believer in Galatians chapter 3 verses 13 to 14 you qualify you are being engrafted into the blessings of Abraham the glory of Abraham so 
the riches of Abraham, you are supposed to walk in that glory. Apart from that too, you belonging to this ministry, there is a certain kind of glory upon this ministry that every member must walk in that glory. But that glory will never manifest except on the altar of prayer. That is why he said, resist the devil. Else he will not flee. James chapter 4 verse 7. If you are not ready to resist shame, shame will not flee. If you are not ready to resist lack, lack will never flee. The altar of prayer is the altar where every believer's glory manifests. Every issue in your life that makes people mock God is a shame. Defeat is a shame. Poverty is a shame. Hallelujah. Right now I believe there are so many people who genuinely want to come to church. But they are not getting the means to be here. Some of our brothers called me. They want to take dropping. But the car is not even there. But if you have your own car, you can comfortably come. That is what poverty is. It brings shame. When you are poor, when you are poor, you are allowed to do so many things that are inconvenient. When you are poor and you are living with a drunkard, you have no other thing to buy beer for him. As long as you want to stay under the person's roof. Proverbs 22 verse 7. He said, poverty, the, the, please give him Proverbs 22 verse 7. The rich who led over the poor, and the borrower is a servant to the lender. Poverty makes you a slave. For instance, a poor unbeliever can convert, a rich unbeliever can convert a poor believer. And the same way, a rich believer can convert a poor unbeliever. For instance, if you have money, you have a factory, you have built a factory, you have employed 100 people, you give them a condition. Every Sunday, you follow me to church. Or every weekend, every weekday, we have fellowship from 12 to 1. Then you promise them refreshment, they will come. Hallelujah. Poverty. When, when you are talking and your creditors appear, your heart sinks. It is shame. But that shame can be eliminated on the altar of prayer. It is a nobody, that is why Pastor Adebo is a nobody comes to the altar and share testimony. Thank God I have been poor for the past 10 years. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because it is a shame. Defeat is a shame. Sickness is a shame. The believer is supposed to live a glorified life. Let's read this scripture. Uh, First Corinthians chapter 15 verse 40. I want you to BB version. First Corinthians chapter Verse 
the believer is supposed to live a glorified life in his or her body. So he said, and there are bodies of heaven and there are bodies of earth. But the glory of one is different from that of the other. Let's move on to 47 to 49. The first man is from the earth and of the earth. The second man is from heaven. Those who are of the earth are like the man who was from the earth. And those who are of heaven are like the one from heaven. Verses 49. And in the same way as we have taken on as the image of the man from the earth, so, will, so we will take on as the image of the one from heaven. So what he's trying to say is that there is a heavenly body and there is an earthly body. You are supposed to live a glorified life in your body. In your body. Just as you have become born again, you are a heavenly citizen. So you take on the form of the heavenly body, which is free from sicknesses and sorrows and pain. But the devil will always come against you, attack your body. That is why on the altar of prayer, you resist every pain. On the altar of prayer, you resist everything that can cause you shame. Jabez had a promise of enlarging his coast. Because when you read First Chronicles chapter 4 verse 9, the first introduction is that Jabez was a member of the clan of Judah. And you look at the prophecy that was given about the people of Judah, you saw that that glory was not manifesting in the life of Jabez. But on the altar of prayer, that glory manifested in his life to the extent that the city called Jabez was the city that the people who wrote the Bible chose to dwell. He became honorable on the altar of prayer. Jacob, on the altar of prayer, broke through and a nation has been named after Jacob. So you cannot be relaxed on the altar of prayer. Every issue concerning your glory manifests. This year God has said no more sorrows, no more sickness, no more shame. If you are not ready to, to wage war on the altar of prayer, that glory, that thing we are talking about will just be like something to you without happening in your life. It will only happen on the altar of prayer. So on the altar of prayer, we receive glory. We receive glory. Hallelujah. Then, Lastly, I want to talk about this, that as I said, it is one thing for your prayers to be heard, it is one, another thing for your prayers for you to receive what you have asked. So there are certain lifestyles, there are certain enemies that always fight our prayers. That even after our prayers have gained audience in heaven, 
when the answers are being released because of those enemies, we are not able to see the things in our hands. In the book of Robert Landon, his book on revelation about heaven, he said that as the angel of the Lord took him round, he went to a place where he saw parcels, things packaged, and he asked the angel, who are these packages for? He said a very big place. And he said these are packages that believers are supposed to receive. People pray for them. And as the angel was bringing them, they did not position themselves well. So the angels dropped them here. So there are so many things we have asked for. We have on the, on the protocol of worship, on the protocol of the will of the Lord, we have gained audience in heaven. But we have not received those things because of these enemies. And one of the enemies is the enemy of unforgiveness. The enemy of unforgiveness. The enemy of unforgiveness. In Matthew chapter 11 verse 25 to 26. Matthew chapter 11 verses 25 At that time Jesus answered and said I thank thee O, o Father Lord Of heaven Because thou hast Hated These things from the wise and the prudent And hast revealed them unto faith Verse 26 Sorry, Mark eleven twenty-five. Mark eleven. And when ye and when ye stand praying, forgive if ye have ought against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive your trespasses. Verse twenty-six. But if ye do not forgive, Neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. Hallelujah. On the altar of prayer, when you have gained audience, one enemy that attacks your prayer for you to receive what you have asked for is unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is a trap of the enemy that sets God against the believer. If you are not ready to forgive those who have committed sin against you, then God will also not forgive you of your trespasses. When you have unforgiveness in your heart, God stands against you. If the devil stands against you, you can pray for God to push away the devil. But if God stands against you, who can push God away? So, Forgiveness is a trap of the devil that sets God against the believer. I quite remember when we were in Kumasi after one all night, as we were going around, we, we found a diary by one sister. This sister has completed university with a master's degree, no job. We have been praying for him, no job. But in his diary, somebody has offended her. 
and she has written this in her diary that she will never forget and forgive this person yet she wanted a miracle job it doesn't work like that the month that the pastor spoke to her that she released that person out of her life that same month she had a job there are so many prayers that we are praying we are not receiving answers because of unforgiveness whatever you calculate against your brother god calculates against you you cannot be praying to god for him to bring you up when you are wishing your brother to go down unforgiveness will always limit you it will not let you receive what you have asked for there is no one that is qualified to be locked up in your heart some of us we have allowed the devil to turn our hearts into prison where we have locked a lot of people but we have to come to a point where we release it can be your mother it can be your father yes they did not take care of you it doesn't matter the offense they have committed but thank god they gave birth to you they didn't abort you release them release them as we release people in our hearts then when we stand before god in prayer the moment god gained our prayers gains audience we receive express answers we receive answers of the things that we have asked for god i want to beg all of us if there are people in our hearts that we have not released them this is the time you see so many times when people far away do something against you you will not know whether you love god or not or you love them it is when people who are very close to you people you hold in high esteem when they offend you that is when you will know whether you love god or you don't love god let us come to the point of making sure that we don't hold anybody in our heart because unforgiveness will make our prayers not to be answered the thing cannot be delivered into your hand if you are holding somebody in your heart hallelujah so unforgiveness is an enemy that will make you not receive answers jesus talked about this so many times somewhere in matthew he said even when you are going to give offering and you remember that you have an issue with your brother don't give the offering because if you give it it is like a donation you will not be blessed wait go and reconcile with your brother before you come back and give the offering so the issue of unforgiveness is one key thing that so many believers is hindering them for their prayers to be answered i pray that this morning god will give us that heart that everyone that has been locked up in our heart will be ready to release them for every blessing everything that we have asked of god for us to receive them hallelujah shall we please be on our feet 
We hope you have been blessed by the word. We would love to have you worship with us at Congress Global Ministries, located at British Sailor Society, Takrade, near the Harbour Gate. Or call us on 0243-287-958 or 0246-111-278. You are blessed. Wrestle not against flesh and blood. Victory is a goal for every battle. Get set for an empowerment to conquer in the battles of life as you listen to Encounter with the Truth. Dear this morning, hallelujah. As they were singing, I see angels all over touching the expectations on the ground and I know that whatever expectation is on the ground God is answering them in the name of Jesus Christ hallelujah we give God praise this morning for the privilege to be here to worship him and then i also want to bless god for the life of god's servant our father for the privilege giving me to share his word with you hallelujah uh today being father's day you want to give god a big hand for the life of our father hallelujah give god a big hand for his life throughout this month we on the Sundays looking at unveiling the wonders of prayer unveiling the wonders in prayer and in this service I'm doing unveiling the wonders in prayer part 3b unveiling the wonders in prayer part 3b throughout this month everything that we have said about prayer comes to the point that prayer is the breath of the believer prayer is the breath of the believer so without prayer the believer for pray that you do not enter or fall into temptation if there is no prayer the believer is likely to fall if there is no prayer your faith will fail if there is no prayer you will faint in the christian walk hallelujah so what sustains the believer is the believer's prayer life but jesus also said in matthew chapter 7 verse 8 that every prayer that we pray must receive an answer he said that he that accepts he that asks receiveth an answer. But before your prayer can receive answers, there are certain protocols that we must follow. And one of the protocols that I want to share with you this morning is that when we come before God in prayer, there must be the protocol of action in faith. 
the protocol of asking in faith. James chapter 1 verses 5 to 6. Verses 5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and abraded not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. Hallelujah. So, on the altar of prayer, for us to receive answers in prayer, we must ask in faith. Ask in faith. In the ministry of Jesus, most of the people that he ministered to, before he will minister to them, he asked them, believe you that I am able to do this the person there was one blind man he said yes I believe and he said your faith has made you whole so on the altar of prayer one issue that guarantees answers is the issue of belief is the issue of faith so many times the reason why we don't have answers in prayers is because of doubt. And it shows in our attitude. Some people are praying for answers from God. And we have other alternatives. That is a doubt that you don't believe that God can answer your prayers. We are praying for this thing but we have another way. That if that thing does not happen, we will resort to. So when we pray and we are not praying in faith, if we pray and we have other alternatives, God cannot grant us audience. In Matthew chapter 9 verse 28, Matthew chapter 9 verses 28 And he, and when he was come into the house, the blind man came to him, and Jesus said unto them, Believe ye that I am able to do this? They said unto, unto him, Yea, Lord. Then touch he their eyes, saying, According to your faith be it unto you according to your faith be it unto you also in the same Matthew chapter 13 verse 58 it says that and he did not many works there that is in his hometown because of their unbelief because of their unbelief Jesus could not do many works in his hometown Anytime we come on the altar of prayer and we are wavering, we don't have that assurance that God can give us what we are asking for. Then we are rather playing and we are not praying. 
Because every prayer that is not prayed based on our belief and our faith in God that He is able to do what we are asking Him for does not receive any answers. So you don't pray and it's like you have alternatives. Some are praying for jobs. But their trust is in a certain ankle. God will use a man to do it. But your trust must not be put in that man. Your trust must be put in God. You are not asking for a job. You are not asking for a breakthrough. And your belief is in a man. Your belief is in an ankle. Your belief is in a certain person. Prayer will never answer, will never work for you. If you don't ask in faith, if your whole trust is not in God, so that protocol must not be broken. If we want our prayers to be answered, Luke chapter 1 verse 45, Blessed is he that believeth, for there shall be a performance of the things that has been said about him. So in the place of prayer, your faith in your father, your faith in God is what guarantees audience in heaven. When you have faith in God, what it means is that you believe in his ability. You believe that he is able to do it. You trust in him that he has the power to give what you are asking for. So you don't come to God with alternatives. You are praying to God and you have other alternatives that you think that if it doesn't work, then I'll resort to God. Resort to this alternative. God is saying that let that person think that you will ever receive anything from him. Because when you have alternatives, when the thing works, you don't know whether it is God or it is that alternative. And God does not want to share his glory with any man. That is why when you ask God of anything and you have alternatives, he withdraws in that situation. So that protocol must not be broken. Hallelujah. Having this in mind, what are some of the wonders in prayer? And I'll share with you one wonder that we experience on the altar of prayer. And that is angelic intervention. Angelic intervention. Anytime we pray, angels are available to minister unto us. I saw that throughout in the life of our perfect master Jesus. As powerful as Jesus was. Every time in his ministry. In prayer the Bible will say angels came and strengthened him. There are two temptations. Major ones we read in the Bible concerning Jesus Christ. That was on the mountain when he was fasting. And the Bible said an angel of the Lord came to strengthen him in prayer. 
also on Mount Gethsemane, when Jesus was about to give up, he said, Lord, if this is possible, let this car pass over me. As great and powerful as Jesus was, a time came he almost gave up. But the Bible said an angel of the Lord came to strengthen him up. Also somewhere in the life of Jesus, after Jesus has given a great sermon, and the people were rebuked, the Bible said the people took him to a high mountain to throw him down. But the Bible said the angels of the Lord held their hands and Jesus walked through them without them knowing because angels were ministering to his needs. Angelic intervention. Theologians said there are about three, over 300 and something scriptures on angels and more than half of them are found in the New Testament. So angels are still working for God's people. Angels. The Bible says that they minister to the heads of salvation. They minister to your needs. In prayer, on the altar of prayer, angels are dispatched to minister to the needs of God's people. Angelic intervention. I remember a testimony shared by a brother. He said he came to church. Whilst preaching was going on, somebody passed a paper. Somebody he has never seen in church before passed a paper. And the note he has written, go to the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. They have a job for you. When he went, the director said, Ah, how did you get to know? Because we are yet to publish this job in the graphic. said, I have come. They looked at his CV. And he said, you are the kind we want. He was employed. Angels, angels, minister unto the, the, the believer. One ministry we have neglected. You talk about demons a lot. Start talking about angels. Because they minister to our needs. I remember I started work. For two years, I have not been paid. In Ghana, if you don't want to pay bribe, then pray. Hallelujah. If you are not ready to pay bribe, then pray for angels, to dispatch angels. If you are not ready to pay, pray, then go and pay. Once, over two years, I said, me, I will never pay bribe. We are praying on the thing. One day, one woman said, ah, I saw your file. Over two years, it's a long time, I want to work on it. I went through, there is a paper that is not in. So bring that paper, don't come, send it through EMS, I'll do it for you. I did that. Then one time, as she was working on it, she said she wanted to call me, but she has forgotten my number. And then a number came in her mind to just dial that number. When she dialed that number, you know the person that picked it was my sister. The sister that comes after me. And the, my sister gave my number to her. And then she called. Before God also brought another woman at the place to fast track the thing. Angels are released when we pray to fast track, fast track our things for us. They minister to us. One person also shared a testimony that he had an accident. And 
what he, he could remember was that he was in the bus, he was asleep, he has removed his shoes. And after the accident, he saw a lot of people that were dead around him. And then all of a sudden he said that he saw himself lifted up, seated at a place without any scratch and with the shoes by him. Angels keep charge over the believer. They keep charge over the believer. Some of the ministries of the angel is that one, they minister to the needs of the believer. Because of time, when we go, we can read Deuteronomy chapter 20 verse 1. The ministry of angels. Exodus chapter 23 verse 20. They also strengthen the saint to face challenges. They deliver the, the believer from danger. And then also protect the believer. They deliver us from danger. And then also protect us. At one point in time, Joshua and the Israelites went for war. And the Bible said that every one of them was tired. Then Joshua said, Joshua spoke to the moon and to the sun to stand still. While they were weak in battle, God sent angels to be casting stone boom, boom, against their enemies. That is what angels can do for the believer. And in these days, they still minister to the believer. But they minister to us on the altar of prayer. Angels, according to Bible, will be judged by us. They know that. So every case you bring them in, they fight with all their being. The Bible said they excel in strength. The Israelites, enemies came against them. 185,000 enemies. The Bible said an angel of the Lord in the night smote all of them. That is what the angels can do for the believer. They minister to us. They protect us. They keep charge over the believer. The ministry of the angels. We experience that on the altar of, altar of prayer. At a point in time. Some people came against Elisha. And the Bible said, their son, the Gehazi, was panicking. Elisha cut the high eyes. Lord, opened this boy's eyes. And he saw a company of angels surrounding them that were more in number than the enemies. And the Bible said he smote them with blindness. Sometimes, angels are able to smite your enemies with blindness. You pass through evil without them knowing you are passed. That is what the angel of the Lord can do for the believer. The Bible said the angel of the Lord, Daniel, as he prayed in the den, came to shut the mouth of lions. And Bishop Abiel said the first time Lion said, protested. We no go eat, oh, we no go eat. 
we no go eat. Hallelujah. And because the lions, the Bible said, give and it shall be given unto you. The lions gave Daniel. God also gave the enemies to the lion. Hallelujah. That is what angels can do. I have shared this testimony over and over again. I remember second year we went for Gaffes. A place at Adidome. In the night we said we are going to wake our president up to pray. When we went, we knocked that the person didn't respond, so we were returning back. When we were coming, I don't know whether it is a demon, a beast, or whatever. A giant, like an animal, giant in chains. When we were coming, we were all afraid. So we are just speaking in tongues, speaking in tongues. As we were speaking in tongues, the thing was giving way. It was giving way. And as we bypass the thing and we branch, come and see speed. I did not see anything, but the one I was walking with said, he saw somebody pushing the thing away. He saw somebody pushing the way. And I believe it was an angel of the Lord. Hallelujah. There are some of the things you see, you pass by and then you do it. You run away. Hallelujah. Angels minister to us. I remember also one brother who said they had an exam on Friday. God told him to go to a certain village in Bota region to go and preach. That same day. He didn't want to go. So after discussing it with some of the lecturers, the Christians, they agreed that he should go. And when he went, an angel of the Lord represented him in the fall to write the exams for him. How do I know? When he came, he was getting ready to go and see the lecturer involved to write that paper. Then the friends, anyone that will meet him will say, Ah, you this difficult paper. And you were right, you know. Ah, at first he said he was confused. He will meet another one, the person will say, Ah, this is, you were writing. And then something told him to keep quiet. He didn't even go and see the lecturer involved. When the exams, the results came, an angel of the Lord has written a paper for you. Eh? Hallelujah. I'm not saying don't go and write. Uh, but angels minister unto us. They minister unto us. You see, they also guide us. In the case of Peter, the apostles prayed. And after they prayed, the chains fell off. And the angel of the Lord guided Peter to the place. The Bible said he thought he was dreaming. Sometimes they guide us from danger. Sometimes those of you who are driving, you can be driving to a place. No fault. Your car can break down for about five minutes for the next people to come and receive danger so that God can delay you. Angels can delay you from danger. Hallelujah. So they minister to the hairs of salvation and looking at all the things that they do on the altar of prayer one of the things we experience is their ministry so many of us will get to heaven and we know that our angels were not working they were li lying idle they know we will judge them so bishop abio said when he gets to heaven he will tell you angel come here why are you down here <laughs> this day i was doing the call you didn't come come on you down here Angels minister to us. That is one of the things we receive 
on the altar of prayer. Hallelujah. Then lastly, the protocols will make your prayers to receive audience. But anytime your prayers are heard in heaven, God brings the answer. But there are enemies that attack our prayer life. Said that even though our prayers have gained audience in heaven, we are not able to see them tangibly in our hands. And in the first service, we shared one enemy. In this service, one enemy against our answer uh, to prayers is lack of patience. Lack of patience. Lack of patience is an enemy to your answered prayers. We live in a generation where everything is instant. Instant needle. Instant milo. Instant noodles. Fast food. Everything is fast. Fast. Instant breast milk. Hallelujah. <laughs> so everything is in a rush. In Hebrews chapter 10 verse 36. So many of us we miss our blessings. We miss the things God is bringing our way because we are not patient. You pray today you have not seen the thing and you give up. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 36. He said, For ye have need of patience, that after ye have done the will of God, prayer is the will of God, ye might receive the promise. We might receive the promise. Lack of patience has prevented a lot of believers from enjoying of their blessings in God. You see, you know what that attitude does? It makes you not to obey God fully. It happened in the life of King Saul. He obeyed, but he couldn't wait. He was not patient enough to obey fully to enjoy of the blessings. God said, if you have had patience, today is the day I would have conferred your throne over Israel forever. Your children would have been kings, your children's children would have been kings, but you couldn't wait. You were rushing. We live in a rush generation. If you could have been patient a little bit enough, that decision that is wrecking your life, you will not have gone through that problem. So many people are not patient in marriage. In every issue, small thing we give up, small thing we resort to something else. But when you have need of patience, after you have prayed, after you have done the will of God, then you will obtain the promise. Patience, patience, patience is the key. It is an enemy to answered prayers. So many people miss God's blessings. When God is delivering their answer, they are not at the right place to receive their blessings. The great man, Kenneth Copeland, shared a testimony. 
about one young associate pastor. He went to the place to minister. And he said, when he was about to preach, God told him, he mentioned that pastor's name, that he should give that man $1.5 million. You know what that money means? He called for that person. The man wasn't around. The reason was that at that time, when Kenneth Copeland was coming, he said, the pastor, the, the senior pastor, the guy just dressed sharply to church. And the senior pastor in a nice way said, oh, we are having just a great program. And you are dressed sharply. So the guy got annoyed and left the place. And so because he was not there, he said the wife came. But Kenneth Copeland said, God did not tell me to give to the wife. He said, I should give to that man. Because he's not here. His blessings are gone. Patience, 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 patience. So many believers, we are not patient. You are praying for a married partner, but your eyes is fixed on one person. So when you are not seeing anything, ah, then, hallelujah. So many decisions we take, we are not patient. We have prayed on the thing. God is bringing the answer. But we are not patient. I pray that that fruit of patience, that the Holy Ghost bears in us, shall work mightily in your life in the name of Jesus Christ. So, we ask in faith, we experience angelic intervention in prayer, and then let us watch against the enemy of impatience. Hallelujah. Let us be on our feet. We hope you have been blessed by the word. We would love to have you worship with us at Congress Global Ministries, located at British Sailor Society, Takrade, near the Harbour Gate. Or call us on 0243-287-958 or 0246-111-278. You are blessed. Wrestle not against flesh and blood. Victory is a goal for every battle. Get set for an empowerment to conquer in the battles of life as you listen to Encounter with the Truth by Pastor Sami. Matthew chapter 13. We bless the Lord this month. This month, God has been speaking to us on the Sundays on the theme, Unveiling the Wonders in Prayer. So in this service, God is speaking to us on Unveiling the Wonders in Prayer, Part 4a. Matthew 13, we want to read from 24 to 28. Matthew 13. Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which soweth good seed in his field. 
But whilst men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. So the servant of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, did not thou sow good seed in thy field? From whence then has it tares? He said unto them, An enemy has done this. The servant said unto him, Without them that we go and gather them up. 29. But he said, Nay, least while ye gather up the tares, ye root up also the wheat with them. Praise God. Everything that is not good in our life, an enemy has done it. Praise God. Anything which is you can't call good, you can't say thank God for it. Anything you can't say praise God for it, an enemy has done it. The enemy has free room to operate whenever men sleep. Whenever men sleep. When we sleep, our destiny sleep. So Jesus said, Man ought to pray, not to faint. Because if you are not praying, you are sleeping. And if you are sleeping, your destiny begins to sleep. You give the enemy the room to do things which should not happen in your life. Praise God. Therefore, the subject of prayer is more pertinent as it comes to our work with God in this last days. It is one of the covenant tools that God has given to believers for the realization of our destinies. When you take prayer out of the life of a believer, Fulfilling destiny becomes impossible. From whence comes this test? An enemy have done it. An enemy had room to do it because the watchmen were asleep. manifestations, the way God sees manifestations is on the altar of prayer. So he said, ask and ye shall receive. Matthew 7, 7 and 8. Seek and you shall find. Knock the door will be opened unto you. Then he said, any man that accept, receive it. Any man that seek it, find it. Any man that knocketh, the door is open unto him. And all this thing he's talking about, asking, seeking, and knocking, they are all levels of prayer. So it is the medium through which we ask spiritual and physical things from the Lord. 
Praise God. So when David was writing a psalm in Psalm 65, verse 2, he said, O thou that answered prayer, unto thee shall all flesh come. You that when we call on you, you answer. To you we will come always to seek you. Morning, afternoon, and evening will I pray because of thy righteous judgment. But the subject of prayer will be a burden and a task if praying doesn't bring answers. It becomes a frustrating task for the life of the one praying. Therefore, we need to know how to pray in order to command answers. Because prayers is supposed to command answers. He said, oh thou that answered prayer. Prayer is not supposed to be stored in heaven. To be attended to later on. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Prayers is supposed to command answers. So we must know the right way to pray in order to get answers. The disciples asked Jesus and said, Teach us how to pray as John taught his disciples. There's a school of thought which thinks that the best way to pray is to pray. That is erroneous. Because the best way to pray is not to pray. Because you can pray amiss. You can pray amiss. Pray all your life. And still not see results. Because you are not praying the right way. Praise God. So we need to understand protocols. Things to do for prayers to be answered. But you see, before God will answer you, He has to first hear you. We have said it this man over and over. First John chapter 5 verse 14. He said, this is the confidence that we have in Him. That when we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. So God must hear you first. Then the 15 says that if we know He heareth us, then we know that we have that which we have asked of him. So he has to hear you first before the answer will come. So if there is anything to know, you must first know what to do for God to hear you. Are you here with me? Before you get to what to do for him to answer. There are two different things. So you can call God, he will hear you. But hearing doesn't mean answer has been released. You can call my mobile phone and call it. Then I'll turn as if I've been seen. Then it becomes missed call. Praise God. It becomes what? It, it shows missed call. 35 missed calls. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 
So we must know how to pray for God to hear us and how to pray for after God hear it, what to do for him to answer. This service, I'm talking about one thing to do for God to hear you and then one thing to do for you to see answers and then the wonders in the prayer the first protocol for God to hear you and I when we are praying is that we must pray in the name of Jesus Christ when Jesus was teaching his disciples in John chapter 16 verse 23 and 24 he said and in that day ye shall ask me nothing verily verily I say unto you whatsoever ye shall ask the father in my name he will give you hitherto ye have asked nothing in my name ask in my name and ye shall receive and your joy shall be full So one of the protocols to follow for God to hear you when you are praying is you pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Any prayer which is not in the name of Jesus Christ doesn't ascend to heaven. Name connotes authority. It connotes moral character. So when you are praying in the name of Jesus, what you are saying is that you are praying in the authority and the moral integrity of Jesus. It is his name that is acknowledged in heaven. That is acknowledged on earth. And that is acknowledged under the earth according to Philippians chapter 2 verse 5 to 8. So any name you pray through Apart from the name of Jesus, heaven doesn't hear. Heaven doesn't hear the prayer. We don't pray in the name of God. We don't pray in any other name. We don't pray in the name of the Holy Ghost. We pray in the name of Jesus. That was what the apostles knew. Peter says, silver and gold have I none. Just as I have, I give unto you. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. In Acts chapter 4, they were praying. They said, now Lord, grant us that with all boldness we will preach the gospel. That in the name of your holy son, Jesus, signs and wonders might be wrought. So we pray in the name of Jesus. Praise God. Any prayer said not in the name of Jesus does not receive audience in heaven. Heaven doesn't hear. Praise God. This one brings me to this point. Now let's know that the lost prayer, only praying the lost prayer, the Lord's prayer is not the prayer for the church. Hear me well. It is not the prayer for the church. Rather, it is a model 
two ways we must pray. Why is this so? Because it is not prayed in the name of Jesus. There is no Jesus in it. It is a model. The Lord's prayer gives you prayer syllables. It's like giving you syllables. If you want to pray, you have to pray. Thank God. Are you here with me? You have to pray for the kingdom. Are you here with me? You have to pray against the devil. Because you have enemies that are attacking you. So the Lord's prayer gives you a prayer syllabus. But it is not a prayer that you as a Christian. Oh, I'm, I'm praying. Uh, our father who had in heaven, hello be. You have mentioned syllabus. Syllabus is not the thing. Praise God. It's like going to school. And then they, they are giving you exams. You write syllabus. 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 No. Why? For the simple reason that the Lord's prayer is not prayed in the name of God. Jesus. Everywhere the church prayed, when Paul was praying in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15 to 18, he used in the name of God. Jesus. When he was praying in Colossians, everywhere prayers were prayed by the apostles. Did we ever read anywhere where in the Acts, where the apostles prayed the Lord's Prayer? They didn't understand it as a prayer thing that they should pray, but they understood it as syllables. Ways to pray. Model for prayer. Model for prayer. Praise the Lord. So if the only prayer you are praying is the Lord's prayer, then you should change. Praise God. Because it is not receiving audience. You are just talking syllables to God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now knowing this, what wonders do we receive in praying? When we talk about the wonders, we mean the benefits. We mean the blessings. We mean the impact. When somebody is praying, what are the blessings you receive in prayer? Isaiah chapter 58, verse 6. Isaiah 58, verse 6. And then we move to 8 in that same... He said... Is this not the fast that I have chosen to lose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, and to let the oppressed go free, and that ye break every yoke? Then the verse 8. He said, Then shall thy light break forth as the morning, and thy health shall spring forth speedily, and thy righteousness shall go before thee. The glory of the Lord shall be thy real reward. Praise God. On the altar of prayer, one of the wonders we receive at the altar of prayer is what we call divine illumination. Divine. Then, Thy light shall break forth as the morning. Divine illumination. When we talk about illumination, we are talking about enlightenment. We are talking about clarification. 
we are talking about divine insight we are talking about clear understanding on the altar of prayer we receive divine illumination the light of God shines on you and deals with every kind of darkness because the devil have three main strongholds the first one is darkness it's called the prince of darkness that's his first stronghold put you in darkness and on the altar of prayer every issue of darkness light dawns on it and the appearance of light is the total surrender of darkness praise the lord that is why most magnificent things that happen it happens on the altar of prayer because as you are praying the light of god shines and automatically darkness disappears praise god praise god divine illumination manifests on two platforms the first platform is what we call divine direction the light of god which is divine illumination signs on you and the first way that light manifests is by giving you direction you see when you are driving in the night when there is darkness you switch on your headlamp and then the headlamp gives you what light and then by the light you begin to see the portals where to pass where not to what pass we must understand that god's word says the whole world is full of darkness first john chapter 5 verse 19. first john 5 19. first john 5 19. Are we there? Good. He said, And we know that we are of God, and the whole world lieth in wickedness, lieth in darkness. The whole world lieth in darkness, lieth in wickedness. So, because the world lieth in darkness, in wickedness, you need light. To prevail and that light is received on the altar of prayer then your lights are break forth like that of the morning so even though the whole world is darkness you will be operating like there is what morning why because light is on your path and the way that the divine illumination manifests is through divine direction Psalm 16 verse 11 God's word open our eyes For thou will show me the path of life When we talk about divine direction We mean seeing the path of your life Path There is a path 
for everyone's life the step by step approach to fulfill destiny is what we call divine direction the step by step approach to fulfill destiny God has a path for every one of us your path may not be the same as my path but we all have a path to a glorious destiny but for you to walk on that path you need to be guided you need to be guided you need to be guided and that guidance is what we call divine direction now in Ezra we look at spiritual examples Ezra 8 21 to 23 the people of Israel is coming from captivity they are returning to their land and then they go to a place they need that direction and in Ezra 8 21 to 23 it said then I proclaim a fast day at the river of Ahava that we might afflict ourselves before our God to seek of him a right way for us and for our little ones and for all our substance for I was ashamed to require of the king a band of soldiers and horsemen to help us against the enemy in the way because you have spoken unto the king saying the hand of our God is upon all them is upon all them for good that seek him but his power and his wrath is against all them that forsake him 23 so we fasted and besought our god for days and he was entreated of us he heard us and showed us the way so you want step by step approach to your life on the altar of prayer we receive a lot of directions I've received. I received them at the time I was praying. Praise God. Again, David, David. David in 2 Samuel chapter 5. You read verse 18 to 25. The Philistines have come against King David. They have set their camp. And then David sought the Lord and said, Lord, should I pursue these people? Should I go after them? Will you deliver them into my hands? And the Lord said, go ahead. Go. I will deliver them. On prayer, on the altar of prayer, David received divine direction. Illumination came and he knew what to do. And when he pursued them, he was able to defeat them. At a certain time, they came again, and he asked the Lord, Should I, should I pursue them? Please, never always follow tradition and experience. You may be landing in your grave. Let's read that portion. Let's read. And when David inquired of the Lord, he said, Thou shalt go not. That's the second part. Start from the 18. The Philistines also came and spread themselves in the valley of Raphael. 
And David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up to the Philistines, will thou deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said unto David, Go up, for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into thy hand. And David came to Baal-perazim, and David smote them there, and said, The Lord has broken forth upon my enemies before me as the breach of waters. Therefore he called the name of the place Baal-perazim. And there they left their images, and David and his men burned them. And the Philistines came up yet again, and spread themselves in the valley of Raphia. The same place, I want to make a point, the same place, go on. And when David inquired of the Lord, he said, Thou shalt not go up. Now, if it was some of us, we have already, we knew the first approach. This one went, so this one to which you he inquired, God said, Thou shalt not go up, but fetch a compass. God has another battle plan for this one. Stop depending on tradition and experience. Destiny is too short to put it in try and error. Life is too short to put your life in trial and what? Error. So on the altar of prayer, David sought divine direction. The last scripture example, the people of Israel in Egypt. They have been in Egypt, prophecies ahead of them, that they will stay there for 400 years. 400 years have passed, they were still there. Then they saw the prophecy and they started crying unto the Lord in Exodus. Let's please read that. Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3. Let's read Exodus chapter verse 5 downwards. Let's, let's go. And he said, Draw not near hither, put up thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place wherefore thou standest is the holy ground. 6. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon him. Seven. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people, which are in Egypt. And I have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. Eight. And I am come down to deliver them. From the hands of the Egyptians. Praise God. So the people of Israel were in bondage, captivity. Prophecy has gone ahead of them, but God never visited them until they started crying. When I cry, then will my enemies turn back. This I know that God is for me. Praise God. So on the altar of prayer, we receive divine illumination. And one way illumination manifests is through divine direction. Briefly, when God is directing you, there are three key things that is obvious. One, when God directs you, divine supplies will always be available. Psalm 23 verse 1, The Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want. 
when God becomes your shepherd, supplies is always available. Supplies. Look at Elijah. This, that was the only time history has recorded an animal feeding a human being. It has always been human beings feeding what? Because the Lord told him, go to this place. Praise God. So when you are directed, divine supplies follows. Secondly, when divine direction is in your life, what happens is that all oppositions are cleared out. All oppositions. In Psalm 24, verse 7 and 8, he said, Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting door. For the King of glory shall enter. He said, Who is this King of glory? He said, The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. So when the Lord is directing, every mighty gate becomes lifted for you. For you. Because he himself goes with you. He goes with you. Praise the Lord. And then lastly, when the Lord directs, what happens is that he makes a way where there seems to be no way. He makes a way where there seems to be no way. In Isaiah 48, verse 17 to 21, God's word said that he, let's read the 21, Isaiah 48, 21. And they tested not when he led them through the desert. He caused the waters to flow out of the rock for them. Ah. Waters were coming out of rocks. He makes a way where there seems to be no way. He cleared the rock also and the water gushed out. When it was impossible for things to happen, things were happening. Why? Because the Lord is leading. The Lord is leading. And we receive his leading on the altar of prayer. Praise the Lord. What then do I have to do to continuously see my prayers answered? I'm just saying one thing. Please, if you want to see answers to prayers, let your confession align with your prayer. Let what you are saying align with the things you are putting before the Lord. Proverbs chapter 6 verse 2, it says that you are snared by the words of your own mouth. And by the words of your own mouth, you are condemned. In Matthew chapter 12 verse 37, let's read that. Matthew 12 37. It says, For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. So praying one thing and saying another thing hinders answers. God will hear your prayer because you have prayed aright. But for the answer to come, your tongue must align with your prayer. Your words. Your words. Your words. You don't pray, Lord bless me, Lord bless me. And you go and say, oh, tell it things be hard, oh. I know she talk. But we trust the Lord. <laughs> what is that? But what? 
we trust the Lord. No, 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 no. You can't talk like that. Your words must align with your prayer. You must believe that faithful is he who called thee, who also will do what? Do it. Then you are set for release of answers. Because Matthew 20, Matthew, uh, Mark chapter 11, verse 24, it said, Whatsoever ye desire when ye pray, believe. Believe that ye receive them and ye shall have them. You want to be on your feet this morning. We hope you have been blessed by the word. We would love to have you worship with us at Conquest Global Ministries, located at British Sailor Society, Takrade, near the Harbour Gate. Or call us on 0243-287-958 or 0246-111-278. You are blessed. Wrestle not against flesh and blood. Victory is a goal for every battle. Get set for an empowerment to conquer in the battles of life as you listen to Encounter with the Truth by Pastor Sammy. On the prophetic team, when I cry unto thee, praise God. And on the Sunday, she has been revealing unto us on the subtopic, unveiling the wonders in prayer. So in this service, by the Spirit of God, we are dealing with exploring, unveiling the wonders in prayer, part 4B. Praise God. In the kingdom of God, you don't triumph, you don't prevail, you don't conquer by tricks, but you triumph, you prevail and conquer by truth. It is the truth that sets at liberty. Ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. John chapter 8 verse 32 and the verse 36 says that the truth that you have received, John 8 36 that if the son therefore should make you free then you are free indeed. So triumphant in the kingdom Prevailing, conquering. It's not by tricks. You don't use gimmicks to triumph. You don't use gimmicks to conquer. You don't prevail in life by dealing daily methods. You prevail, triumph, conquer by the truth. Praise God. And one of the things that the truth presents to us is the power and the impact of prayer. Praise God. Therefore, anybody who wants to triumph, prevail, conquer, and make impact in life, 
must get to know of this truth that the prayer altar is the altar on which spiritual forces are released spiritual forces praise God the blessing of the believer is packaged in spiritual quantities they are in spiritual crucibles which must be released into manifestation it is the manifestation of those spiritual blessings in your life that profit you as long as they still remain in the spirit you never gain any tangible profiting from it praise God and the platform on which we release the spiritual blessings is the platform of prayer praise God praise God praise God when the righteous pray tremendous power is released which is dynamic in its workings to bring resource in the life of the one praying hallelujah when the righteous pray tremendous power is released and that power is dynamic praise God it is dynamic in its workings it is strange in its workings it is able to bring manifestations which eyes have not seen ears have not heard heart have not perceived when the righteous pray So in Chronicles, Second Chronicles seven fourteen, he said, "If my people who are called by my name, talking about the righteous, if the righteous will pray, then I, the Lord, will heal their land." So it doesn't matter how corrupt the thing is, when the righteous prays, healing. It doesn't matter how decayed the thing is. Jesus stood at the tomb of Lazarus and said, Father, I know you hear me. It was prayer that brought Lazarus out. I know you hear me. Praise God. Korea and any other nation. The plate 
atmosphere is so loose because there are prayer mountains in the garment. Prayer mountains. All that people go there is just to pray. They are praying at dawn. As old as he is now, he still go for dumb prayers. Every church in South Korea still do dumb prayers. No wonder that when this now look at Korea cars, they are here, they are buying. Praise the <laughs> Hallelujah. What brought that industrialization in that nation is the prayers of the sin spearheaded by Paul Yogito, who was before David. Yogito. Praise God. The impact of prayer. Praise the Lord. When prayer ceases in the life of a believer, God ceases to work. When your prayer life ceases, God ceases to work in your life. In Ezekiel chapter 22 verse 30, he said, For, and I sought for a man among them that should make up the head and stand in the gap between me for the land. That I should not destroy it. But I found none. Let's read. I found none. Go to 31. When he found none, what happened? Therefore have I poured out my indignation upon them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. Their own way have I recompensed upon the head, saying, the Lord. God was looking for somebody to pray so that he would not pour the indignation of his wrath. I didn't found that. When your prayer life ceases, God ceases to work in your life. Therefore, the place of prayer has nothing to do with things. Because there are people who think that, oh, I don't need anything. I, I have a car, I have a house, I have a job, I have that, so what should I pray for? If prayer is only meant for things, there are some people who would never pray. But Jesus said, men ought to what? Pray, not to faith. So as long as you remain in this planet, prayer is a necessary prerequisite for your existence. So people who have reduced prayer has to accent on things that is elementary type of prayer. Elementary kindergarten students in the school of prayer. Praise the Lord. Lord, give me a job. Lord, give me that source. I need that advice. That is all. Okay, now I have the advice. Now I have the work. Now I have the marriage. Now, so I don't need anything. So I have finished what? Pray. I have graduated the school pray. <laughs> Hallelujah. So Jeremiah was speaking and said, Call on me. God was speaking through Jeremiah. He said, Call. 
believer, you need to call. You need to call. You need to make a call to heaven. Until you call heaven, you never receive anything from heaven. He said, I've given you the keys of the kingdom. That whatsoever you shall lose on earth, how do you lose on the altar of prayer? It's loose in heaven. Whatsoever you shall buy on earth is bound in heaven. So the altar of prayer is the altar of losing and binding. It's the altar of asking and receiving. Praise the Lord. It's the altar of declaring and seeing. You declare and you see. Praise God. God to hear my prayers. This man, God, I've said so many of them. I will treat that, get the series from one to this message and keep on listening. Listening. A lot of us don't listen to the message, we just listen to it once and that's all. You can't, you can't receive everything by just listening this. Praise the Lord. You receive something, but it is by continuous listening that you get the spirit. Praise God. So get the message. The protocol. What is the protocol for God to hear my prayers? A lot of them has been given out in this service. For God to hear my prayers. I must enter into his presence with thanksgiving. This is one of the important protocols if you want God to hear you. Before you enter into God's presence, in Psalm 100 verse 4, he said, enter into his presence with praise. Enter into his cause with thanksgiving. And into his presence be, with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. So you can't approach the presence without thanking him. Praise God. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. He said, be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, then with thanksgiving. So whatever you are doing, it must be with thanksgiving. That is what you wrap, what you are presenting. If your case is not wrapped with thanksgiving, it is not delivered in heaven. So we enter into the presence with thanksgiving and we accept the presence with all thanksgiving. You can never be heard by heaven if you don't enter with thanksgiving and exit with thanksgiving.
Jesus entered the presence with thanksgiving. Exited with thanksgiving. I know you hear me. He has prayed already with thanksgiving. And when he wanted the results, he gave thanks again. Lord, thank you. Then he said, Lazarus, come forth. It's like receiving EMS. As, as, as simple as your signature is. If you have a package from EMS and you don't sign for delivery, they will never hand it over to you. They will return it back. So your thanksgiving is your signature that has your prayer request to heaven. Praise the Lord. When that signature is not signed, heavens don't receive. Praise God. So don't approach the presence with a lot of arrogance. Don't approach them with a lot. Follow the protocol. In the model prayer, Jesus teaching said, when you pray, say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Praise the Lord. And then when he was finishing, he said, For thou is thy kingdom, thy power and thy heart, forever and heart. That is praise, thanksgiving. You enter with thanksgiving, you exit with thanksgiving if you want to be here. Praise God. Now, after your prayers been heard, what is the one that we receive on the altar prayer? I want you to hear me well. This is the last one that. Now, in James chapter 5, verse 13, let's go. James 5, 13. Is any among you afflicted? The Abraham. Let him pray. Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. The only solution in dealing with satanic afflictions and assault is prayer. Prayer. If you are afflicted in your body, pray. Afflicted in your marriage, pray. Afflicted in your finances, pray. Afflicted in your academics, pray. Afflicted in your family, pray. On the altar of prayer, praise God. We receive deliverance from all satanic afflictions and assault. Praise God. Praise the Lord. It is the number one God's vital solution. Prayer against all satanic assaults, afflictions. Now look at Hannah. Hannah was afflicted with barrenness. In 1 Samuel 1, verse 9 to 20, he went before God. The Bible said he prayed. His 
Kuruni. She saw that this affliction that I don't deserve. Life doesn't give you what you deserve. Stop talking about what you deserve. And start fighting for what is yours. I told somebody in this nation it is two things. You either pay or pray. Anything. You are either paying or you are praying. And I'm talking the prayer one. I will never pay anything. Praise God. For what? To who? To do what? I will try God for my knees. When I told him, he laughed. He said, you are a man of God. I paid. But I prayed. I told him, I prayed. When my own God to that same office, I prayed that same man, it came. You went to that office, followed it up to pay. Different. Different. So you see now you are ready to pray or to pay. Afflictions. Bible have said, never come the second time. So you are not ready to be afflicted twice. You were ignorant. It happened. But don't allow the second one to come. Hannah, on her knees, barrenness gave way. Praise God. Not only Hannah, Paul and Silas, they have been beaten and battered, put in the prison in Acts chapter 16. And they started praying aggressively, God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, where are you? Praise God. That was the kind of prayers they were praying. Paul said, come on, son, get up. We come here and be crying for Peter to go and see Felix and Festus. No, 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 no. God of Jacob, Isaac, Abraham, where are you? Shut in the name of Jesus. They scream, praying. And then they finish. He said, Son, raise the prayer moment. Uh, raise, 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 raise some praise. There is none like you. They start and immediately the Lord put his head in the leg in the prison. And then all the prison doors opened. All the chains fell. Now God is in the midst of his people. Everyone was silent. Now know that they said there were murderers there, armed robbers, all sorts of people. But nobody can move because God is in the midst of his people. Prison doors are open, all chains are falling, and nobody can move. That is the God we are dealing with. How can you open a door for a thief and then he's still standing at where he is? Even that thing inside the room, he's going to open a thing and enter and go and steal. Let alone the door has been opened. Medra ran away and he's still standing. God was there. I don't know the afflicting Kwai, whatever thing in your life that is a plague. But I know this one thing. When the people of Israel were in bondage for 400 years, there are some of us who have been.
been in a certain kind of bondage it have run through the blind line minimum 400 years and in your time it is still manifesting I was speaking to somebody last week and he said pastor I pray pastor fasted pastor done this I said you haven't prayed well you haven't prayed well now go before God and say Lord mercy Lord my it is a prayer mercy this my marriage Lord I have done all that I know but I know your mercies never fail your mercies she started praying and then results have shown up. She has used years to pray. Nothing has shown up. So he said the prayer doesn't work. You haven't prayed well. You don't know what is going on. You don't know what it is. So call on God's message on your top prayer for it. And you'll see. Praise God. So on the altar of prayer. We receive deliverance from all satanic assault. Never watch your long-standing problem of joblessness, of barrenness, of sickness, of academic failure. Just look at it. It has been standing there for years. And you are saying, God will do it, God will do it. Take it up in prayer. Something expressing something that is why something is not working is anyone afflicted let him pray so the prayer altar is the altar receiving deliverance 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 from all satanic assault I am seeing that we compromise too easy on things. We compromise. But if we can stand on our knees and then begin to pray like people like John Knox, begin to pray like James who wrote this. History tells us that this James, when he died, his knees were like that of the hooks of a donkey. Why? Because these knees have been kneeling. Those times, they knew in prayer, they kneel. They kneel. They kneel. They kneel. This gem by theologians is said to be the brother of Jesus, the, the, the son, biological son of Mary. And Joseph, not the James, the disciple. He was he died. They caught his head. They caught his head. Herod caught his head because the church didn't pray. Are you hearing me? But when Peter was in bondage and the church stood in prayer, you know what happened. So don't look at your situation and just look at it and look at it. I said in the first service. Life is too short. Don't experiment with some because very soon you'll be wasting away. So make sure we make good use of it. Praise God. How 
failure. You can't fail, fail to end. just be looking and then you say, I want to fail. No. 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 Something must stand and say, Enough is all. Enough. And the author of prayer takes things. Hallelujah. Now, as you pray to sustain your deliverance, the deliverance you receive on the altar of prayer to sustain it, there is one key thing you need, and that is to stay in the house of God. God's house is a city of refuge that anybody who stays there forever remains secure. Don't 
still sitting in church and avenger of blood is still pursuing them avenger of blood because in the city of refuge it is guarded by cherubims and seraphim and the bible called them cruel messengers any avenger of blood who want to pursue any member of the city of refuge these cruel messengers slay them before they even enter before they even enter so this place is not like your house it's not it's not there's something here that is not in your bed praise the lord there is something here that is not in your hall there is something here praise god be on your We hope you have been blessed by the word. We would love to have you worship with us at Congress Global Ministries, located at British Sailor Society, Takrade, near the Harbour Gate. Or call us on 0243-287-958 or 0246-111-278. You are blessed.